welcome to Fruiting Buddy Podcast with your host, Brendan. Today, we have an absolute legend returning. It's technically the third episode. We lost the second one. Um, we'll leave that kind of hanging in the air for, for eternity, and maybe we, one day we find it. If anyone knows how to recover hard drive information and they don't want to charge me 20000 or 30000 baht, they can come on the podcast, they can recover it, we get it for free, and we release that episode. So hit us up. Um, today, we have Sean Kober, better known as Coach Kobes. That second episode was kind of about Tiger Muay Thai, and he was developing that camp, but now he is at Apollo we haven't dug too deep into it, so we want to learn the whole story of what's going on over there and what's changed. So if you want to watch Sean's first podcast, I'm going to put the link in the description. That's more about his life story. Um, it gets pretty deep there, and you're going to learn uh, more of the background story of Sean. So let's just jump right into it with Sean Kober, and let's go. For, first of all, thanks for jumping on the podcast. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Nice to be back again for, as you said, our third installment. Technically, Technically number three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so if, if this podcast goes down in history as like Thailand's best podcast of all time, which it could, <laughs> um, that, that episode's missing out there. So any historians that are watching this 50 years in the future, it's out there somewhere. Um, you can try to find it. Uh, I'd, I'll, let's just jump right into it. You're over at Apollo. Can you just walk us through what has changed in the past like couple of years? Um, because a lot has. Yeah, uh, where to start? I guess the pandemic, really. Um, you know, businesses closed down. Uh, we weren't working, weren't in the gym. Uh, there was a period for like two and a half years where we were on 50% salary. Uh, kind of came out of the pandemic, started picking up a little bit of steam. Uh, business started coming back in. People started rolling back into Phuket, etc. Uh, and I was essentially trying to put a cap on the fitness department at Tiger, get someone in to train them up to take over the fitness department so then I could spend time building the Performance Institute is what I was calling it then so I could work with the professional athletes. Uh, after about a year, year and a half-ish, I realised it wasn't the right place for me anymore. The culture had kind of changed or maybe the culture hadn't changed. Maybe it was just... I had become more aware of what was going on around me um, and, you know, it just got to a point where it was no longer the right place for me. So, And that was coming from both sides essentially. So it was an amicable, amicable break. I would have liked to have done things different, but it is what it is. Yeah, you know, sometimes life feeds you lemons and you got to make lemonade from there. But, I mean, now... now you're at Apollo. This gym looks like it's absolutely booming. The infrastructure, the facility. How did that all come together? How did you get involved in that? Yeah, uh, about six months ago, uh, we had a conversation at Tiger, and you know, it was it became clear that we we're no longer aligned. So from there, I stepped out. You know, I love my life in Thailand, man. So. It, I pretty much went on the path of how can I stay here? How can I set myself up to continue living my life here and continue building the thing that I've been working towards, you know, for the last decade or so. So, you know, the last six months has been uh, rebuilding my foundations and uh, putting my feet back underneath me. I stepped away from working in the gyms and went through the process of registering my company and, you know, sorting out my visa and work permit and all that type of stuff uh, whilst I was building my online coaching business. You know, I mean, this is this has been something that's been in the pipeline for a long time. When I first came to Thailand, I think in our first conversation, probably our second conversation as well, I said when I, I, said when I first came out here to Thailand, like if I can live out here on the money that I make 
from living here and working here without tapping into my Aussie savings, then I'm good to go, you know. So um, now, or sorry, after I made that change from Tiger, the main priority was, okay, how can I continue living here? So I went into, I basically went back into lockdown again, man. I went into a lockdown lifestyle where I basically didn't leave home. I was sitting at my laptop for, you know, 10, 12, 14 hours a day, just grinding, man, you know. So I enjoyed it. I got a lot done. But that's not me. That's not, you know, I've, I've worked, a, I left home at 14. I've worked a physical job my entire life, sitting behind a computer. You know, it's not stimulating for me to, a, at all. However, that's what I need to do to, you know, make money so I can continue living here. So, you know, that was one of those sacrifices that I had to make. And uh, Apollo approached me a couple of weeks after my split from Tiger. Uh, and they threw it out there and said, we need a head coach. And I was like, I'm not interested. I need to build my own business right now. I need to focus on myself. However, you know, there's there's potential in the future. I need somewhere to train my athletes. That's essentially what I want to build towards, um, building a professional fight team and having a, a group of guys that work together, grow together, you know, all year round. Um, so I spoke with Apollo and had a look at the 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 place, what they were doing, their renovations, etc. And, you know, I saw the potential and I said, show me the space. I'll put together a floor plan for you. I'll contact my equipment distributors. I'll lay it out as if I'm going to go in there. Um, and I'll give you my recommendations as a consultant. And then we'll, we'll go on from there. But my number one priority is building my own business right now. So uh, that relationship kind of continued for the next four to six weeks or so. Uh, and then I was planning on taking a little bit of time off, going back home to Australia, seeing friends, family, wedding, etc. And then I was going to head over to France for the Rugby World Cup. Uh, and the conversations with Apollo started getting a little bit deeper. Uh, and then they shared what they were planning on doing. I shared what I was doing with my business and how I would envision, you know, my role would look if I did go into business with them. And we basically came to terms and said, all right, well, what do you need? Who do you need to support you? How are we going to make this happen? I made a few phone calls and uh, after a couple of weeks, sat down, had a conversation and put together a proposal and said, this is who I am. This is what I can do. Um, this is the people that I've got supporting. What's that worth to you? So right now, uh, I'm just going through a trial period where I'm just like, I'm willing to back myself, man. I was like, you know what? I'm going to work for free. Let me show you what I can do with the team that I can build, what I bring to the table. And then you tell me at the end of three months, like what that's worth to you. So What's the facility trying to build? Like, are they an MMA gym? Are they uh, a fitness facility? H how are they positioning themselves in this industry? Yeah, good question. So when I initially sat down, had the conversation with the management team, I asked those same questions. I'm like, who, who are we as a gym? What do we provide? Who is our target audience? You know, what are, what are the things that we're going to be bringing to the table? What's going to make us different from every other gym in the area? Um, and we had those conversations and, and essentially it came down to, you know, let's not try and do too many things. Let's really focus on a couple of things, dial in on those things and nail them down, do them very well. Uh, so at the end of the day, it came to, right, we're in Thailand, Muay Thai, makes sense. Jim's name is Apollo, boxing, makes sense. I'm coming in, strength and conditioning. All right, cool. There's our three things. Let's do those three things very well. So my role is to run the strength and conditioning program, but I've also had a lot of influence on the training schedule. Essentially, what I want to do is have, I've just gone through a, a, a two-week selection course 
for Apollo-sponsored athletes. We selected uh, a handful of guys to come into the system that we're going to kind of build up, um, you know, put in front of the right coaches, the right training partners, etc., to help them build up their careers, their reputations, um, and progress through the different stages on, you know, the whatever sport they're competing in, whether it's Muay Thai or boxing or, or mixed martial arts. Was this a, a re- you're saying it's a renovation of a gym or were they breaking ground? Uh, so anyone who knows Tiger Muay Thai, it's right next door and it used to be a spa resort. So they had a heap of rooms up the back and a pool and a sauna and things like that. Reception was up the front. That's all been knocked down now. Uh, so the back end is the hotel. There's 40 plus rooms up there. There's a pool, there's a sauna, uh, parking, etc. There's like a couple of little chill out areas as well. Uh, and then the front area is the gym. And who, are the owners Thai? Or are they Farang? Or is uh, it Farang? Is it yeah. is it kind of uh, silent investors? Let's say. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. Um, Tiger Muay Thai and let's say the Soy and, and Apollo. These gyms on on the Soy. Let's call it. Um, it, it's a whole world. It's kind of like its own place. How is the tension there? Can you feel, is it amicable? Is there a bit of tension? Because now the gyms are side by side. What's the vibes like going, going on there? Uh, to be honest, I haven't really been paying attention. I'm just, I'm focused on what I need to do, man. Uh, like I said, my, I've just been, I've just been grinding, man. I got back from Australia end of September and I knew that I was just putting my head down, putting the blinkers on for the next six months and just working my ass off. So you know, I, I'm not really paying attention to what's going on outside. I'm focusing on the people that are investing in me and, you know, the people that I've got around me. And that's it, man. Like, I'm, I'm not really paying attention to much else. Yeah, I was talking with John Boy before a lot about... It seems like everyone's kind of growing since COVID and there's a the, the, the vision, it's there. Everyone's dialed in. They have that laser vision. As you were developing your new business and now working with Apollo... And as we're growing, you begin to notice that you need to protect your time. And if you're not protecting that, things can seep in. Can you elaborate on that, especially as we grow older, maybe certain friends get left behind and and how to deal with that? Wow, man. All right. That's a lot. That's a lot to unpack, dude. That's a lot to unpack. Where do we start again? Let's break that down into a couple of components. Well, I mean, it's the, the main idea of it is growing and the vision of discipline and structure. And, and um, I really boil it down to vision and discipline. That's pretty much it. Your vision and your discipline. Everything else in structure kind of falls, falls under that. As we grow older, you know, when we're younger, it's very easy. Oh, hey, your buddy calls you. Let's go to dinner. Okay, let's go to dinner. It leads mm-hmm. to a drink. Maybe to whatever you go home. Mm-hmm. But as I'm growing older, and John Boy discussed that as well because we're all kind of in that same age, mm-hmm. you start to realize that I don't have time for even you to call me and say, go to dinner, because that fucks up the whole week, mm-hmm. it, even though you don't realize it. So as you're growing now and, and we're getting that vision from COVID, we see what we need to get done. And it, it is a long-winded question, but to break it down is how have you changed as a person to say, I'm fucking dialed in now and nothing's getting inside this? Yeah, I mean... I think it comes down to, as you said, the vision and the discipline. Like the vision is where are we going? What are we doing? And the discipline is like, all right, what are the non-negotiables? The shit that I have to fucking do. If I want to achieve that task, I have to do this, right? And as long as I, as long as I tick those things every day, then I'm moving in the right direction. To allow you to tick those boxes, you know, sometimes you have to say no to shit. You just have to 
put the blinkers on and be like, right, there's there's too many distractions. You know, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get too personal here, but that's kind of been like my dating life, man, for the last six months. I've just been like, anything that is outside of what I need to do to be able to continue living here is like, you know, it's it's kind of like that that evolutionary biology, right? If I'm in that that fight or flight state where I'm stressing about like being able to continue living here, then the other shit doesn't matter, right? That takes priority, man. So, you know, for me, it's just about making the most important thing, the most important thing. And if I want to continue living here, I want to continue um, building my life here, then I need to have these, you know, these boxes ticked and I need to continue ticking those boxes and I need to remove those distractions and be very wary of what I let into my life because at the end of the day, like our environment plays a big part on who we are, who we become. It's the old nature versus nurture. Well, you know, you know, uh, protect your time, curate your friends. How are you losing friends along the way? And this is more coming from my, my, my level where people, they don't tend to understand people that aren't busy. Don't understand busy people. Mm hmm. Or, or at least people where their time so structured. A lot of friends that maybe have that could be living here that have you had to leave them aside, or, or is there negative energy that comes in? Like, hey man, what the fuck are you doing? Why don't you come out? Or, or have you always kind of been disciplined, anyways? Uh, there's a couple of ways to attack this. I mean, there's I've I've had some guys that have said stuff like that, but then I'm like, hey man, I'm here with you right now. Like, I haven't seen you for a while. I'm making the effort to come here. You know. Um, do you lose friends along the way? Yes. At the end of the day, like the friends that understand you, that know you, they're, they're going to know, man. Like whenever I go home to Australia, I always find this. My friends always give me the best energy. They're the best, your best friends, the guys you've known for the longest time that you consider your closest in your circle. You know, those are the people that read the energy and they know when to give you some energy. They know when to, you know, pull back. They know when to just kind of read the room and share that energy. So for me, it's very important that my friends are, you know, providing that for me. And sometimes I'm giving to them. Sometimes I'm taking from them, but it's always this, it's always this circle, right? And I mean, sometimes you'll have friends in your life that are constantly taking and you're constantly giving to, you know, when push comes to shove, if there comes a moment where I'm like, you know what, I'm pretty fucking burnt out from working I'm training, I'm giving long hours to other people and other things and blah, blah, blah. And like, there's mo like I'm a I'm massive introvert, man. If I spend time with friends and family, like when I went home for three weeks, I got back in like the first week I was back in Thailand. I didn't talk to anyone, dude. I just like did my work and then just retreated back to my cave. Like if I give long, if I give energy, high energy for long periods of time, I need to take that time to recharge. So, you know, good friends understand that. And I've got friends that have said to me, hey, man, I'm not going to be available for the next six months. I'm going to be spending time working on myself. So don't bother contacting me. If you do, I appreciate it, you know, but I'm just going to let you know that I'm not going to get back to you. And I'm like, hey, man, I respect that, bro. Anytime you want to get in contact, have a conversation, bounce some ideas. Let's go, bro. I'm here for you. Yeah, I think that vision, especially when building your business, um, you can, I don't, I don't believe the 10 year, five year goal, it's just too far into the future, but at least a year or two, if you can put that together, maybe something general in five to 10 years, mm -hmm. 
you're building that business so you can get the work permit, you can get the visa, you can stay structured, you can stay here. And Apollo comes along as well. Mm -hmm. Going back to the online coaching, what's the vision for that in the next couple of years? What was the whole idea of structuring and putting that together? So the online coaching business is, I mean, that's something I was planning on doing when I first came out here to Thailand. And then I got a full-time job at Tiger after a month and then became the head coach after five months, six months. And then the online coaching kind of took a back seat. It's always been there in the background. Anyone that came and did some personal training sessions with me, then I'd, you know, onboard them into the, the online coaching system. But that was always one-to-one -one online coaching, 12-week block. Uh, now I'm focusing on taking all of the information, all of the content, all of my knowledge and experience from mostly working with, you know, I've worked with thousands of people in group class environment, hundreds of people in personal training environment and, you know, dozens of professional fighters in that high performance type environment. So I'm taking all of that information, all of that content and packaging that up into a system that people can use for as little as 10 minutes a day up to, you know, you, you can only train 10 minutes a day, three times a week. Sweet. I've got something for you. If you've got 20 minutes a day, um, four times a week, I've got something for you. 30 to 40 minutes, five times a week, I've got something for you. So it's more like a package that you can sell to them. So your, you, your time doesn't become a ceiling. Yeah, exactly, man. Um, I've been removing myself from a lot of different domains over the last probably 18 months and just saying no to everything uh, and making myself less accessible. So essentially what I'm setting up is if you want to train with me, personal training sessions, then you have to have gone through some of this content. The first month block is 30-day uh, access to the app. Second month or second block, sorry, second phase is two-month access to the app. And then the third phase is three-month access to the app. So the first phase is 30 days. That's corrective exercise and a 10 in 20 module, which is basically 10 training sessions in under 20 minutes where you can use, you know, there's, there's training sessions that you can do in the gym, uh, at home, minimal equipment, some equipment, etc. And then there's a corrective exercise concepts, which is essentially teaching people how to use corrective exercise techniques to... Uh, reduce pain, niggles, risk of injury, take care of neuromuscular adaptations, etc. Just, just kind of give the body a tune up. That's the first and month. And so you're not, re you're not repeating yourself as well. Like, uh, for example, I guess the analogy was so you're not going on a Tinder date the first time every time. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe man. they need to apply that in Tinder. Like, you got to watch these eight <laughs> videos of me before we date. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I don't want to show, I don't want to talk about that anymore. So yeah. until you watch and complete my program, you're not getting the date. Yeah, man, exactly. And the, the way that I think about it is, you know, month one, it's recruit training, right? I'm going to teach you how to use these very simple concepts and this very simple system that you can utilize for 10 to 20 minutes a day. Can you do that for the next month? All right, cool. What's the next thing? All right, next one is tools of the trade. So now I'm teaching mobility, stability priming right again 10 minute sessions 18 training sessions you can use to wind up wind down maintain sustain upregulate energy levels etc that's the second month uh, or the second phase and then the third block third phase three month 90 day access is uh, a modular training system so three main training days strength uh, conditioning and then postural and accessory work and that's broken up 
or those three training sessions are broken up or made up of elements of mobility, elements of stability, elements of skill development work, elements of power development, um, strength components, uh, postural work, accessory work, conditioning work, so on and so forth. So there's basically like maybe nine different modules that make up one training system, but then the first phase ties in and then the second phase ties in so it's essentially a six-month uh, fully automated online coaching system delivered via an app straight to your phone. So at, at with coaching as well. There's going to be coaching as well. It's not just like, a training like program. Like one-on-one coaching it when they need it or? Uh, no, it's going to be fully automated, mm. but people can ask questions via the app. They have a question, they can go straight into the app, boom, 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 boom. I get a notification and I can answer them directly. And if, like you were saying, if they're in Thailand, what did you mean by there's, they need to pass a certain level before you're even willing to go have a one-on-one hour. What, what did you mean by that? Yeah. So I've got my own podcast as well. As you know, I started the podcast at the start of the pandemic and that was essentially started because I had people asking me questions about training, about nutrition, about recovery. And it's like, you just came to one of my classes. I don't know anything about you. Uh, I'm going to need to ask you five questions before I can give some advice here. So, you know, people ask me about nutrition, for example, and I'm like, hey, man, go and listen to this seven-part miniseries on Nutritional Pyramid of Importance. It's three and a half hours. going to tell you everything you need to know. If I don't answer those questions in that podcast series, then come and ask me a question because I'm talking at this level and your understanding is at this level. So, you know, at the end of the day, if you're – I could be speaking to a brick wall – I need you to understand these fundamentals first because, you know, there's there's already a lot of people uh, marketing, selling to general population who just want to they want the improve magic pill. body composition. They want to get put on some muscle mass. They want to lose a bit of body fat. They want to feel a little bit better. They want to take care of injuries. They want to, you know, be able to play with their kids. They want to look good naked, etc. You know, there's already that that market's already saturated, man. You know, so if you're coming to me and you don't understand those basics already, like go and speak to someone else. Like I'm not the guy, man. You know, it's again, I'm talking at a, at a much higher level here. Like an intermediate to advanced type of level. Yeah, it's like- yeah, yeah, exactly. But the thing is, you know, I've, I've been in the industry. I've worked with regular people for over a decade now. So, you know, I did my NLP master practitioner course, nu- nutritional therapist, you know, um, corrective exercise, rehab specialist. Like there's a lot of information and experience that I've gathered over the years, it makes sense to, you know, if I'm not offering that to the average person, then I'm really not doing my job as a coach. So yeah. whilst I still want to focus on that kind of higher end performance, I still need to take care of the basics. And I mean, at the end of the day, man, like it's the health and performance, they're two different things, but they're also intertwined. The healthier I am before I start a training camp, for example, the the more uh, runway I've got to to launch essentially. Yeah. And that kind of answers the problem to the online coaching world, which is time becomes a ceiling of your income. And mm-hmm. when you can be selling programs while you sleep, you can scale the business. How do online coaches like yourself, like selling these programs protect plagiarism? Like what's, is there, I, that's an honest question. I don't know how, what's stopping someone from buying it and sharing it? How, how do they protect that? Uh, I have no idea. I have no idea. Man, I'm not an online coach. To be honest, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing, right? I really don't when it comes to online coaching, but I know how to coach people. I've been mm. in the trenches my entire life, so you know, I'm just taking I'm just taking that approach and when I'm 
when I'm demonstrating and explaining to the camera, it's like I'm talking to someone. It's not just this is this is the set, this is the exercise, these are the sets, these are the reps, go and get it. It's like like, you know, I'm a very educational coach, so I'm gonna be teaching people nuances and um, you know, different techniques so they can get the most out of each training session they're doing. It's not just about hammering yourself. Sometimes it's sometimes it's about waking up in the morning and seeing your waking heart rates up five points over the last couple of days and going, All right, today was supposed to be a hard session, but I'm gonna back it off a little bit today, knowing I've got two more hard days of training ahead. All our audience of eight people watching right now. <laughs> Actually, we're, we're growing. I think we're almost 40,000 subscribers now on YouTube. Nice. Um, if, if people want to be able to find this content and they need to reach out to you, what, what is that process? Is there a website? And I, again, I'm not. we're not trying to promote this. This podcast is never like that. It's actually, mm -hmm. I try to come from the audience's questions. So if they want to reach out, is it through your Instagram? Is it through the website? Because we can put all links in the description. How does that work? Yeah, uh, there's many, many options. You can send me a message on Instagram at coach underscore Cobes. I try and answer people. You know, I, I, I control my own social media platform, so I do my best to answer everybody. Uh, sometimes it does take me a few days to get back, but <laughs> I'll get back to everybody. People ask me uh, questions. I might send them a podcast episode that's maybe relevant to them or the question that they're asking. Uh, have a YouTube channel as well, uh, Coach Cobes, Live, Train, Perform. Uh, I've been sharing a little bit of what's happening over the last kind of six months on there. I, I shared, uh, you know, 12 week training camp as I prepared for my first MMA fight before I turned 38 in June. Uh, so I went through that process. I've gone through like six weeks transformations. Um, I've shared some of the content that I've been putting together behind the scenes for the online coaching, what I'm doing with Apollo, etc. So that's all on the YouTube channel. Uh, website is at coachedbycobes.com. Right now, I've only got that first phase, uh, the build the base package, 30-day introductory mm. uh, package available on the website. I'm currently working through the ramp package, which is a two-month phase two, 60-day uh, access. That should be, by the time this drops, actually, yeah, that's probably going to be out. That's probably going to yeah, be Yeah, I think we'll launch this around January 7th or something around there. Yeah. I always forget what day it is. <laughs> it's the 20th? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, man. It's hard, it's hard in Thailand because there's it's no Christmas, seasons. baby. It's Christmas. Merry, happy Jesus. I don't know. Um, <laughs> That, that, so uh, bringing it back to before we I get I think for like the whole programs that that you you are that have you've put out there and people are able to to find that with information links in the description. I want to jump back a little bit to your training for your MMA fights. You did the first one, um, not so much of the details of the fight itself. Mm -hmm. Personally, how what did you learn? What did you take away from that? Oh, man, what an experience. What an experience. I mean, I, I, just to circle back a little bit, mm. I actually, this kind of came about because I started the year by running Big Buddha. Like I went to, I went to bed the night before New Year's, got up early, ran up Big Buddha uh, to start New Year's. And I was like, all right, this year's, I need to fucking, I need to just go back into war mode. I need to just put the soldier hat back on and just, just grind, man. So... Um, <clears throat> that's how that started. I, again, I saw the vision and then it was like aligning the discipline. All right, can you get up first thing in the morning on New Year's and run up the fucking hill for sunrise? All right, cool. That's kind. Of, that's what kind of started it. And then, you know, working with professional athletes and seeing the vision of I want to work with professional fighters and, you know, part of it is for 
my own integrity, right, and my own experience because I've always been one of those guys that's like, I'm going to build this training system and I'm going to show these high-level fighters how it can work, how you can put it together to, you know, manage energy and ensure that you're getting to the fight injury-free at your peak, ready to shine. You know, so for me, it was about battle-testing that system. You know, I don't want to be one of those fucking idiots that just goes, yeah, this is the best thing to do without actually going and putting it to the test. Well, you, you wanted to go through the process yourself, so when you I needed to feel it, yeah, man. Need I, needed, it, I yeah. needed to feel it, bro. For me to be the best coach that I can be, I needed to feel it, man. You know, so I used that as an opportunity to battle test my systems, and, like, I didn't measure anything. I didn't track anything. Um, I mean, when I say I didn't measure, I didn't track. I was tracking my weight and things like that, but it wasn't, like, measuring my food or calories or macronutrients or anything like that i went from 81.7 kilos at the start of the 12-week camp down to 72 kilos yeah so almost 10 kilos i lost and again i didn't measure any macros or calories or anything like that and i just basically i want to say i don't want to say i winged it okay because there was a there was a method to the madness i was like all right week one to four i'm going to be focusing on boxing right and aerobic conditioning and then week five to week eight i'm going to be focusing on this and then you week kind of nine already to tw- all naturally know it's just it's like riding a bike to you at yeah, this point yeah right? yeah exactly man and you know it's it's the same principles as you learn when you're playing rugby you've got a rugby competition the competition goes all year round right i might play 25 games across a whole year so i need to be ensuring that i'm at my best towards the end of the year i'm performing well enough throughout the throughout the season to put myself in the uh, in the driver's seat when it comes to finals, so that we can perform right. I, I think about the I think about a fight camp as the same thing. It's all about managing energy, man. I got to I think week seven again. This is on my YouTube channel, but I think I got to week seven. Had six weeks hard training, and then I decided to kind of test myself a little bit and went to caught up with the rugby boys, played in a touch rugby tournament, and uh, it was took a heap of skin off my knee, man, and like both my knees. And I was like, all right, well, this is going to be a rest week. So the next week wasn't hard training. Like I was just, it was a recovery week. I ended up taking the whole week off and it was recovery week, you know, because I knew that I'd, I'd been accumulating a heap of stress through training uh, and then I'd gone and taken a heap of skin off. So, you know, immune system's going to be fighting that, nutrients are going to be going there, blah, blah, blah. All right, cool. I can't add any more stress to the system right now. My main priority is about recovering, knowing that I've got another four hard weeks after this to prepare for this fight. So for me, I think about it as, you know, energy management well you're watching these fighters when you were at tiger go probably for a long time going through the 12 week mm-hmm. camps i mean you know always the bridesmaid never the bride you never you never got to feel it it Is wasn't the, it was it wasn't actually the 12 week camps it was more most of the stuff that i saw was like three four five six weeks yeah the longest camp that i did was with Jan when i mm. went to uh russia and trained him before he fought Corey sanhagen for the title so that was 10 weeks, man. And, you know, I learned a lot from that process as well. And again, like it's all the information that I've gathered from being a rugby player for 23 years, from being a soldier for six years. Like as a soldier, man, there is no off season. Like you've got to be fucking ready all year round for anything to happen. You yeah, know, so no I take switch. Yeah. Yeah. I take that. I mean, in recon snipers, that was literally our motto it was written on our shirts. There is no off season. Just as a reminder, it's like, Hey man, you know, when, when push comes to shove, like you guys are going to be the guys on the ground that 
need to fucking step up when shit hits the fan. How was it when you first stepped in the ring? Did you have butterflies or were you dialed in or were you pumped for that? Oh man, I was actually I was actually really excited. I was really excited. I mean, j- just to go back a little bit. Actually, no, I won't I won't go back yet. Um, but I was planning on fighting a couple of weeks earlier and then that kind of fell through. I had that conversation with Tiger and the the week that I was supposed to fight at Tiger for their barbecue beatdown was the week that you know, we decided that we we're going to go our separate ways. And I was already halfway through the weight cutting process, man. I'm drinking eight liters of water going, fuck, this sucks. You know, so uh, it is what it is, man. But, you know, fast forward a couple of weeks, I'm at Southside yep. uh, MMA down in Rawai and, you know, the crowd's starting to build. I'm hanging out in the back. I'm like main event. Man, it was it was fucking cool. I really enjoyed that process. For me, it was, I, I actually had some butterflies throughout the week and that's something I haven't felt for a long time. And I played a rugby, rugby competition the week before, Phuket 11s, and it was just like, it, it was no, no issue. It was just like riding well, a bike. Well, there's no unknown you know? there. This is a bit of an unknown. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like riding a bike, man. I'm like, yeah, I haven't, pl- I haven't literally hadn't played rugby for a year. I hadn't gone training or anything. Rocked up, played a couple games, had a good tournament. I uh, ended up fucking my shoulder pretty bad, but like, that's another story. Uh, anyway, fast forward a week later, I'm, you know, sitting in the, in the gym, like just my massage gun out, just taking it all in, man, going, all right, this is, this is what it's all about. You know, you've, you've, you've put your hand up to test yourself and see where you're at. Now mm-hmm. it's time to go. So that whole week was really cool, uh, managing, feeling those butterflies, but then having that conversation with myself, you know, managing that energy and, and, and changing my mindset, but also being aware of who was speaking. Is it Coach Cobes that's speaking? Is it Sean, the athlete? Is it, you know what I mean? Like, so it was really cool to kind of feel that and uh, go through that whole process, man. Well, you, when you're in that fight, I mean, I'm assuming, is it a three round or a five round? Three round, yeah. You kind of have a game plan in which you also don't want to, you know, you don't want to empty the gas tank. Yeah. Did everything go out the door where just kind of technique and and, and cardio just came over? Oh, 100%, man. 100%. I mean, my game plan was because I'd started the, the 12-week training camp with a lot of boxing and then transitioned into more kickboxing. I didn't really do any wrestling because of my rugby background, right? So I was like, I've got a massive deficiency in my striking, so I need to I need to tighten that up a little bit. And then towards the back end, it was like, all right, let's focus on jujitsu for the next couple of weeks, and then tie that in with MMA, link it all together. So my game plan was to you know use my footwork and my striking, my very poor striking at the time. It's evolved a lot in the last six months, but uh, yeah, use my footwork, use my striking, keep the distance, and then just make it a volume based thing like let's turn this into a conditioning test yeah right <laughs> you know and then he he was a good dude man um i'd actually seen him fight maybe uh maybe a couple months earlier was his striking a on a higher level than yours oh he was he, his entire martial arts arsenal was on a much higher level than mine um but then your cardio is your weapon but i mean well well that's the thing man like as a rugby athlete my whole life you know i'm, I'm a small guy i'm 76 kilos now um, and 172 centimeters. So, you know, strength, power, speed, those are my, that's my jam, man. Like I'm, I'm playing against guys that are far heavier than me, far bigger than me. So, you know, I'm using those, uh, those 
weapons at the time. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when push came to shove and he closed distance and I kind of not didn't didn't get flustered, that's not the right word, but like just my natural instinct, my natural reaction, when I didn't have time to think or react, my natural instinct was to like drop level and and drive, right? That's got me in trouble many times when I'm when I'm sparring with guys. Because with a rugby right the background, face. like my timing, man, my yeah. timing is really good. Someone throws a punch, boom, I just dip and drive. But then because I drive, like I give them my, give them my neck. So <laughs> I get caught there a few times. But sometimes if I drive hard enough and just get my timing right, like I can just, I can just get out of it pretty quickly. So, I mean, he just closed distance. My natural instincts just took over and we ended up just fucking wrestling bro we just ended up wrestling man for the whole round it was three minutes and because i hadn't done any uh specific wrestling work i was gassed man i got up after the first round i was seeing stars i was dizzy as fuck i'm walking back to the corner and like i see all i said a heap of fighters that i've worked with like in my corner coach come over here come over here and i'm like they're talking to me man and i'm like oh, i don't know what the fuck you're saying i'm literally just having a pep talk to myself and i'm like all right you've been here before this is a dark place, man. Like you're just going to have to go into the pain cave and just fucking do whatever you need to do to survive. I knew that I was in a survival state, right? So after that, man, I just, I just kind of let my instincts take over. I don't really remember too much from the rest of the fight. I remember most of the first round. I don't really remember too much from the second round. Like I said, I played rugby the week before, ended up fucking my shoulder pretty bad. Uh, idiot. But I'd already planned on playing that tournament and I was supposed to fight two weeks earlier. So mm. things change and I was like, fuck it, I'm still playing the tournament. Uh, the boys are like, hey man, I'm." they were giving me a hard time. You're going to play this game? I'm like, nah, man, I've got to fight next weekend. <laughs> I'm lucky I'm even here right now. Mm. Um, so anyway, second round happens. There was a few times where I kind of came to a little bit. Uh, one time was my left shoulder was locked up and that was the one that was injured the week before. Uh, there was one time I got kneed in the face probably copped an elbow or something like that. There's a few times where I kind of came to and I was like, fuck, I'm in trouble right now. So I just, just had a couple of little bursts and got out of there and then just almost went back into um, autopilot mode again. But you won by decision, right? I won by decision, yeah. yeah. Which, I, I which again, I don't, I I don't remember it too on, much. I online after, I think you post, someone posted, this, was a, this has yeah. got to be almost a year ago, not quite. Nah, six months, June. Okay. June or yeah. Time does not exist in people. Yeah, I know. It could have been yesterday. <laughs> um, I remember watching it. I just remember, I'm like, yeah, you kept kind of taking it to the wrestling. But then again, you take, you take his striking out of the equation and now you're not going to get punched in the face. Yeah, it's yeah, probably, exactly, exactly. And that's, what, that's, that's exactly what happened, man, yeah. because I was like, I'll use my striking to keep distance. And then he just closed distance and I, my natural reaction was like dip. And, yeah. you know, uh, after the second round, I just remember getting back to the corner. I was like, holy fuck, man, this is... We're in for it. It's been a long time since I've felt this, man. It's been a long time since I've felt this, but I've felt it many times. So I was like, I'm in it. I'm in it, man. I appreciate it. And then one of my guys was like, coach, this round, only control. Only control. And that's the only thing I heard, bro. So I was like, okay, I'm going to win all these exchanges. Yeah. And uh, hey, you, you didn't come out with a broken nose and you got all your teeth. So yeah, that, yeah. that's a win, I think, there. These, kind of the the, the way I would question this, uh, more of the analogy. I recently saw that you're, a post and you're thinking about doing a second fight and you know may maybe a a counselor at a rehab center might do heroin once so they can have the conversation but what's the point of doing it twice <laughs> is and now you've got the itch like hey i'm going in for that second fight now let, let me see what happens 
Um, it's it's one of those things, right? You get that feeling. It's the rush. It's it's, it's the, the rush, bro. It's a rush. It's like this is why I couldn't own a big bike because I would fucking kill myself. Mm. Right? I like if that rush is that easy to get, bro. Well, I'm probably in trouble because here's here's the thing, bro. Like I I remember I think we had this conversation before. My ex-girlfriend used to get annoyed with me That's all exactly the time. exactly what I was going to say right now. Yeah, bro. I was she's, leading up to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She used <laughs> to get annoyed with me because she's like, we're, we're going on this three-month trip in two days' time and like you're not even excited about it. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I've still got things I need to tie up here and you know, I'll, I'll be in the, I'm in the moment. Like Once I get there, I'll be, I'll be there. But up until that point, there's no point like thinking that far ahead. So... Yeah, I, something I said to her, it took me years to figure this out, but something I said to her was like, look at what's the most ex- exciting thing or most exhilarating thing that you've done. She's like jumping out of a plane. All right, on a scale of one to 10, where's that? She's like a 10. Cool. For me, that's a six or a seven. Most exciting thing I've done is like being in a fucking firefight. You know, I'm hopefully never going to feel that again. Right. But that is my reference point. And once I felt that, it's like, holy fuck, man. That's how you perform when adrenaline is like sky high and it's literally fight or flight. Literally fight or flight, man. You're going to kind of pilot, autopilot. Well, you know, you, I'm sure you can speak to this. When you, there's times where your skills and capacities get tested above and beyond where they're currently at. And if, if, if it's just outside of your comfort zone, you can rise to that challenge and, and you kind of almost fall into a flow state where you don't think about anything. Time slows down a little bit and, you know, it's almost like you see things before it happens. So for me, you know, getting into that's that's a hard state to that's a hard state to find. But you can kind of set the conditions and you can influence your environment to give yourself the best chance to get into that flow state. Do you know much about flow states? Yeah, I mean, Michael Jordan talks about it all the time. Mm-hmm. I've mostly I've heard from his side. Yeah, and it's not something you can really put yourself into naturally, but like you say, you can set yourself up to get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I probably I played hockey this weekend. Definitely not flow state. Um, <laughs> and my knee is fucked now. And it, and it's what happens so with age, th- bro. These type of things. I would say more flow state. I would get in surfing, mm-hmm. where sometimes you would get caught in a wave where. You had to get past the break. Otherwise, it was going to smash you back in. And you're you're in the fight or flight. The flight is just like, okay, give up, duck, dive, let the board take me mm-hmm. in. The fight is I'm going and you're kind of pushing yourself harder than you ever would. Mm-hmm. I would consider that the the most recent flow state I've made have been in. And that was probably a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. And here's the thing, dude. Once Once you feel that, you start chasing it again. Mm. You talk to any fighter, man, like, why do you fight? Because I fucking love it. Mm. You know, and then when they're not fighting, they don't feel like they're they don't feel like they're achieving something. What happens when you get kicked in the head and knocked out? <laughs> and they're like, maybe that's not what I'm chasing anymore. I wonder if it's still there. And I guess I would never understand that or know that, but maybe asking fighters, like, I don't know if you saw Bryce Mitchell fight mm. this weekend. Oh. He went to the shadow realm. Yes. That was when I, yes. I, I, I when he was brutal. convulsing, I actually turned away. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah, yeah. Oh my brutal, God. I, there was a point I thought he was going to die. It was horrific. So a fighter like that, I wonder if they ever come back because, you know, now you, you've you almost died. 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's something to say about coming back from a loss, not just a loss. Like if you lose a decision, you know that's 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 in your mind. But if you get fucking brutally KO'd like that, man, there's got to be there's there's there has to be some reservations in your mind. As as much as as much as most sports are physical, I think there's a massive mental and spiritual component to to uh, increasing performance. But does that concern you, especially at like our age? Um, some sort of, I mean, God forbid, like a, a knockout that could cause brain damage, which is kind of unnecessary. It's mm-hmm. completely avoidable now. Is that something, that must be a thought process that you um, go over when making these decisions. For myself? For personally? yourself, for yourself. <laughs> yeah, listen, man, I've, I've, there's, there's shit that, you know, we used to use in the army, some like, some of the, some of the stuff like the counter, um, fuck, what's that stuff called? The counter IED, uh, things they send out these like waves to initiate IEDs and things like that. I don't know exactly how it works, but basically, you know, some of the stuff that we used in the army for protection, like, some of that shit is like has has bad side effects, and it's been proven. Some of the things that we've been given, like doxycycline, hey, take this for that, and da da da, da. and it's been uh, it's, it's come out years and years later that hey, that was not a good idea, and it's probably caused some some damage. So, you know, it's, it's like a, a drug you're taking, or what do you mean? Yeah, Tell it's me. like for like anti-malarial, oh, like when okay. we're, when we're on deployments Got and it. things like yeah, that, yeah. and when we're on deployment in Iraq and Afghanistan, there was certain. Um, counter IED measures that we use like we carried a backpack for example and that would stop IEDs from going off initiated through mobile phones and things like that mm. uh, and then likewise in Iraq where it was mostly vehicle patrols and you've got these big fucking counter IED measures like I'm sitting at the top of the hatch man and this thing's like humming right next to me you know there's the shit like that it's probably I'm probably fucked bro it's, to be it's, honest it's like a frequency um, it's a frequency. It's like it can jam signals. Exactly. Ah, exactly. Okay, I get so it. there's all that yeah. type of stuff. That's yeah. You know, some of the shit that I've probably been injected with. I'm like, I don't even know what that is, man. We're just going in. We're getting injections. We're going on deployments. Just part of the game. Mm. You know, I've been, I've been, I've had some pretty heavy uh, head knocks and you know, uh, just big collisions playing rugby and things like that. You know, so. If you want to, you want to live a hard charging life, man. That's a risk that you that you have to be willing to pay. I mean, you, you look at there was, I think it was years ago. They asked a number of people if you could win a gold medal at the Olympics, but you died within five years, would you take it? And a lot of people said yes. Would what, what, Would you? Would I? Yeah. No, 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 no. I feel like no. I feel like I've got. I feel like I need more time to achieve the things that I want to achieve. Mm. One of the, let's say like whether it's time, money, whether it's friendships, family, like what is your biggest fear? My biggest fear is probably not fulfilling my potential. Mm. And that potential being objective behind it with like a vision and, and, and saying I will be there at this point. Is that something that's a clear vision for you or is it kind of still very open-ended? It's a feeling. No, it's very open-ended, man. I mean, if I'm better than I was this time last year, that's a win. Mm. Right? If I can if I can stack day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, then 
I'm just in the process, man. That's where I'm at right now. You know, I, I know the direction that I want to be moving. I've got an understanding of, you know, what I need to do to get there, who I need around me, how that's going to look, how that's going to unfold. But at the end of the day, like, I just, again, vision mm. and discipline. Now I just need to do the work. Just got to do the work, man. Uh, we'll touch on something because we have a hard stop. What, we got about 10 minutes? Yeah. Are you okay? How long yeah. do you need? Yeah, yeah, 10, 10, 10. 15. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll talk a bit about Swiss A, and we didn't touch much onto it into like uh, PTSD. Um, I want to kind of get your insight on that because as certain things like Phuket's a very easy life. It's actually very sabai sabai. That's why I live here. You cannot, it's, it's pretty difficult to, to, to put yourself in a bad mood here, mm -hmm. except for maybe driving when you almost can die 20 times a day. That's pretty much it. But over here, it's, it's generally safe. On your side, when, when COVID hit and, you know, shit's not working at Tiger and you're, you got to go back to the grind, you're, you know, you're putting yourself in an environment, like you said, in front of the computer. Can this start to trigger things like PTSD? And for someone that obviously, and I would say the majority of the population, we can't even relate to, can you just, Talk about that a bit and, and what are the symptoms? What could come up and have you experienced it? Uh, PTSD. I can't say I've experienced it. I haven't. I mean, there's been times where I come back from Australia with friends and family and stuff and I'm, you know, back here for a couple of weeks and I'm like, oh, I don't have that same connection that, you know, I had back home. That's not PTSD though. That's just, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit down. You know that's that's part of life, man. I'm I'm very good at uh, being aware of of you know my mental health and my physical health at any at any one time. So for me, it's all about again being aware of where I'm at and then having the right communication and language with myself to you know paint a positive narrative. You know, there's there's definitely been times where I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here, man? I've just I've given everything and I've got, this is where I'm at. This is what I've got in return. Is it worth still staying here? Should I just call it quits? Should I just fucking pick up, sell all my shit and then fuck off to Bali and just go somewhere where nobody knows me and just build my own business there? Do I go back to my mum's place and, you know, live there, help her renovate the house and pack everything up and prepare to sell? Blah, blah, blah. You know, there's, there was many options when, uh, when Tiger and I went our separate ways and, Ultimately, the question, the questions I asked determined what the action steps were going to be moving forward. So, you know, I haven't felt, I haven't felt any PTSD. There's definitely been ups and downs, uh, but ultimately, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. I think I'm pretty strong mentally. And again, having that that awareness, I've, I prescribe to somewhat to Stoic philosophy of like control what you can control and don't worry about the rest, man. Like. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm on the same page. It's I think when I was younger, you can stress over things you can't control, and it makes zero sense. How, how if the again, I'm very sabai sabai, and I, I kind of always have been. Like someone cut you off on the road, it's like, but did you die? <laughs> yeah, 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 you're gonna be okay. Yeah. Um, the these things now, you're are you still very actively working with Swiss Aid and and being involved in the, this? Uh, is it more? It's like a program essentially. It's eight eight step program. If yes, I'm yeah. So Swiss Eight's kind of they've rebranded a little bit, uh, and their Swiss Eight app is now 
recalibrate. So this is for guys that do kind of feel that they're on that slide, right? And then going, all right, well, what can I do to change this? All right, recalibrate. I'm going to go and recalibrate my life. I'm going to, you know, look at mindfulness and meditation work. I'm looking at breath work. I'm looking at mindful movement. I'm looking at nutrition. I'm looking at sleep. You know, it's all these, it's getting sunshine. It's reducing stress. Um, it's doing some form of training that's going to give you a positive adaptation. So, you know, for me, it's a, a good, healthy life is basically doing the things that you know you should be doing, right? Eating well, sleeping well, training, managing stress, etc. You know, it's when it's when we start getting overwhelmed with those things, or or we're not paying attention, and it just creeps up on us. And all of a sudden we're, you know, drinking more coffee during the day or we're staying up later, you know, our sleep's being affected because our mind's constantly running and da-da-da-da. There's things you can do for that, right? Like, all right, I'm going to do a brain dump, man. Whenever I feel like I'm getting a little bit overwhelmed mentally and like my my mind is jumbled with all the things that I need to do and um, be aware of, then I like to just get a whiteboard out. And I saw your white belt your whiteboard downstairs, man, and just bop, 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 brain dump, that's, do a little bit of mind that's mapping, my man. mind. Yeah, exactly. If bro. you don't throw everything on your mind into a board, yep. you're going to go in a circle. Yeah, 100%. And you don't even need to do any of the stuff on that board. It's just gone. It's, it's just, there. It's just get it out there. It's <laughs> like, let's do a little brain dump, right? I mean, it's like having a glass of water, Yeah. right? Like if my, if my glass of water is full, then I can't put any more water in. So let me just pour that out a little bit so that I can fit some more in there. That's how I think about it, man. I, I really like... I really like writing things down. I don't use my phone too much for notes. No. Unless I've got no other options or I'm out and about or whatever. It's I don't have a notepad. It's more visual. Like people, people, I've got everyone hooked on post-it notes. Yeah. Because I think Excel sheets, I've jumbled with them, digital. It doesn't work. I can wake up in the morning and scan that whole board. Done. Yeah. And honestly, probably 80% on the board, you're like, why is this even here? Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. need this. Yeah, yeah exactly. This. But you've, you've dumped it out, man. It's yeah. like, and then, you, and then it's an opportunity to then go through it again and filter it. It's like, let me get all this shit out. Boom, 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 boom. And as you said, like 80% of that, don't need to do that. Don't need to do that. Don't need to do that. This I need to fucking do. Where can I slot this in throughout the week? And I tried to use the four quadrants I used to do Mm -hmm. um, where it's kind of like important, important, non-important. This works because all the stuff, honestly, in the corner, you're like, this is completely useless, but it's out of your mind. And then you realize you don't need to do it. Were you doing this type of mind mapping when you're making a decision? Like you were just talking about, uh, do I go home? Do I go to Bali? Do I stay here? The question is everything leads back to Phuket, but why? Was I doing this? Absolutely. Yeah. I've been doing this mind mapping work for years, man. It's just something I've found. I don't even know where it started. It's just something I found that helps me. As you said, just do a brain dump, clear space, and then organize. I remember a couple of years ago, I think I think it was during the pandemic, actually, July or August 2020, I went out to Koyanoi and like rented a, a bungalow on the beach and just sat there, turned my phone off for a couple of days and just journaled. And, you know, I wrote down, I wrote down a heap of goals and I was like, right, what do I want to achieve in five years? I want to do this. That means I need to boom, boom, boom within a year within two years, within three years, you know, I can, I can look back at that in that diary entry now, man. And I've ticked off three quarters of that stuff, you know, what, three, 20, three and a half years later. So I'm trending in the right direction, but that's, 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 it's a map, right? It's like, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to achieve. And once you've got that end state, 
all right, where's the map that's going to take me there? There's my destination. How am I going to get there? And once you look at the map, it's like, all right, I can take this route. I can take this route. I can take this route. Maybe I'll come over here and maybe I'll stop there for a few days and have a little look around. Do you revisit it maybe once every few months just to realize all the steps you've missed to add? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's some of the things that I've, I've written down in that first diary entry that, you know, I haven't gotten to. And I'm like, eh, it's not really that important right now. Maybe in the next phase, it's going to be a lot more important. I'll probably do this every three to six months at a minimum. Yeah, I like to get away and just turn my phone off and remove distractions and just sit with my thoughts and meditate and write, journal, etc. And sometimes I'm just writing and thinking just absolute shit, right? But again, it's just getting it out there and being like, all right, what do I want to action? What do I need to do to make this a reality? Yeah, I noticed you, you do do that every every three to six months. So I was in Calac once and I got on the phone with you and you were just coming back from one maybe in my cow. Mm-hmm. Um, the world that we live in is just too distracting and we're not one of those podcasts. There's eight million of them going to tell you all that shit. But what what's your biggest takeaway from that? Because you go out there, you release, you reset. But when you come back to the real world, it's like you're a, an alcoholic again. Do you get my point? You know, how I'm trying to explain that? Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. I, I've shut off and I'll turn my phone off or it dies for three hours. I feel amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm glad the phone died. I can do a foot massage. When I come back to the world, it's like one million messages, a million things to do. It's, it becomes, again, you're like, fuck, I'm back here again. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do you adapt coming back into that world? Yeah, I mean, you just said there about, about getting back in and getting all those messages. That's When I do turn my phone off, that's the thing that I probably dislike the most is like looking, turning my phone back Ugh. on after 24, 48, 36, 48 hours on and like seeing boom, 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 boom. I'm like, oh, fuck, now I need to spend some time going through all this. So, But again, like it it makes me appreciate, I mean, uh, t- uh, a couple of weeks ago, to tie into what I was just talking about, a couple of weeks ago, I was coming back from doing some kickboxing and I had my little bum bag resting on my lap. I didn't have it tied around because I was sweating everywhere and blah, blah, blah. I had my bum bag resting on my back. It fell off. I pulled over to the side of the road and I turned around and was running back and I saw a truck going straight towards it. I was like, oh, fuck. And I'm like trying to push him out of the way and I saw the, the driver like met my eyes and he started pulling over and then the front wheels missed it and the back wheels took it over. And I was like, oh, and I saw him and he's like, oh. I just started laughing, bro. I started laughing. Um, so anyway, I went to get my get a quote for the phone. It was 10,000 baht. Yeah. You have to buy a new one at this point. They're all like holy fuck, man. I'm like, and that's the game. That's the and I mean, I, I mean, to tie into something I said yeah. earlier when I first came over here, if I can live here long enough, you know, if I can live here without tapping my, my Aussie savings, I'm good. I just had to, that was like the end of my Thai money. Mm. I'm like, all right, my Thai money's gone. I've gotten through COVID. I've gotten through the last, you know, six months where I haven't made any money. I'm basically living off my Aussie savings. That's only going to last so long. Um, so I was like, do I really need a new phone? Let me just see if I how often I use it in the next week or so. So I just like didn't get my phone fixed for the next five days. I wrote a blog post about it, um, but there was I, I really noticed the things that I liked about having a phone and the things that I didn't like about having a phone. And the things I didn't like about having a phone was constantly being you know reactive. So something I've been very good at over the years is being proactive. I haven't done as much recently, but something I used to do um, was every time I'd, I'd pick my phone up, knowing that I've got a, 
I'm going to do 30 minutes on my phone. Like everything's done with intent. I'll have a 90-minute timer, man. I'll just go, boom, start the timer. And it's like, I've got 90 minutes to get through all my social media shit for the day. And if I don't do it in that time, then stiff shit. Like, I'll leave it for the next day. So yes. it makes me a lot more intentional. It, 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 and again, it comes back to that that vision. The vision is this. If I'm distracted by shit, then I'm not going to be, uh, maybe I'll still make it there, but it's going to take me a lot longer. So if I can be disciplined and remove those distractions and everything I do is with intent, I'm going to get there a lot faster. Yeah, you just got me thinking, if there's a problem, what's the solution? And I think that that's not a bad idea. Maybe I get an assistant to just handle my phone even if it is answering your own WhatsApp or maybe that's why the celebrities do that. Like have a, have a personal WhatsApp. So it business and personal doesn't mix and you handle your friends and maybe the other one is everything else. It's not about Cause that's my, the biggest problem is when I disconnect and come back, it's a million messages Mm -hmm. and what we'll end on on a note in a second. Um, Just before we wrap it up, one last thing to touch on. And it's more just from a personal question as you start to grow um, in certain People will send you these DMs and usually they are takers or maybe it can be negative energy. Maybe it can be people, they have good intent, but again, like I said, busy people that aren't busy don't understand busy people. And I'll get messages like, hey, you're doing this. Teach me how to do that. Um, And it could even be friends from 10 years ago. I struggle to reply to those. Do you have friends from the past? Maybe even... um, fellow soldiers from the past that might reach out for help, but it's kind of a double-edged sword because you do love them and your friends, but also, you know, bringing them in, they are bringing, they could be bringing, they could have problems. They could have Mm -hmm. negative energy. How do you say no? And we'll wrap, we'll wrap it up on that question there. Yeah. uh, That's a difficult one. I mean, I've been a PT for 11, 12 years now. And, you know, especially very early on, man, I had a lot of people, that would message me and ask me for training programs. And I'm like, yeah, sweet. I'll go through the whole thing. And like, you know, it's like, cool, I'm going to bring you on, bring you into the system. And now I need to ask you these questions and let me tell, tell me all about your injury history. Let me put together a program for you. And I would spend hours, man, putting together these training programs and like wouldn't even charge, just give for free. And then a month later, Hey man, how's that training program going? And then, Oh no, I haven't even started because of this and that and blah, blah, blah. And like this cycle just repeated over and over and over and over again. So, you know, to, again, we spoke about problems, solutions, problem. I don't know what I'm doing here. Cool. Solution. Here's a podcast episode. Here's a YouTube video. Here's a blog post. Here's blah, 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 blah. So now essentially I've, I've been setting myself up again to kind of remove access and have an archive of content that I can then, or a library of content that I can then start. But you still have to physically do that copy paste movement as well. And then if you have a thousand people, that becomes time. Yes, but it's far more effective than answering everyone with individualized recommendations. I mean, I still, it's, it's one of those things, man. I'm, I'm, I'm at a stage now where I'll still try and uh, give people as much all the information and individual time as possible without, you know, letting them take the piss and overstep the boundaries. Okay, we'll wrap it up on that note because you got to get back to Chao Long and uh, you probably need to bring his pa- you need to bring your passport for that trip. It's probably a good hour, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Uh, about 50 minutes. Okay, I'm going to kick it back to this camera, the big lens. 
Um, we'll put all the links in the description if you can just let everyone know where they can find you if they want to reach out and all your socials. Sweet. Thanks, mate. Uh, Coach Cobes, uh, Coach underscore Cobes, K-O-B-E-S on Instagram. Uh, Coach Cobes, Live, Train, Perform on YouTube and coachedbycobes.com for the website. Okay. That wraps up another episode. Thanks a lot for joining us and we're out. Okay. Let's-